Will the Pittsburgh Steelers make the playoffs? That's the question that everyone's asking. We've now kind of figured out what that path is, but what's the most likely things in that path that could work, and what are the things that are most worrisome to not work? We'll break that down. Also, why interceptions have been the story of the Steelers' season on both sides of the ball, and is the run defense for real now, or are they about to get dismounted again by the Ravens? All that here on Locked on Steelers. I'm your host, Chris Carter. And we're joined today by Wes Euler from Steeler Nation Radio. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Bigger you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button in the video if you enjoy it. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday to Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ultimate Football GM is an amazing game that you can play. If you ever wanted to be an NFL GM, this is your chance. You can download this game for free on your phone. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On, all in all caps, all one word, Locked On in the game. As I said before, we're joined by Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. You can also hear him on so many different things. He's a, he's a man doing all his West Virginia Mountaineer podcast. Wes, how you doing? Fantastic, Chris. Holiday season down the home stretch here of uh, the NFL season. It's a great time to be alive. Indeed it is. And the Steelers' hopes are alive right now to make the playoffs. And I was not entertaining any of the shenanigans of trying to compute this two weeks ago, even last week. Last week, I was like, okay, we at least know the things that have to happen for them to not be eliminated. And those things happened. The Steelers got a, got a hand. The Bengals actually helped them out by beating the Patriots. The, Dol- the Dolphins losing uh, has, has, kept, has kept hope alive uh, for the Steelers. So now there is a clear path. And that clear path involves, A, the Dolphins losing, well, A, the Steelers winning out. The Steelers can't lose another another game or it's all or it's all said and done. They have yep. to beat the Ravens and the Browns. But B, the Dolphins have to lose out because the Dolphins are eight and seven. If the Dolphins win one more game, they, the Steelers can only tie them. And because the Steelers lost to them, they'd have the, the Dolphins would have a tiebreaker and they would get the seventh seed over the Steelers. Also, the Jets have to have to lose a game and the Patriots have to lose a game. But the, the problem is with this is that both of those teams play the Dolphins correct at, in, in the in the coming weeks. So the Jets have to lose to the Seahawks. The Patriots have to lose to the Bills. They exactly. both need to beat the Dolphins. Exactly. Double so check that's your thing. double check your work if you're writing this all down at home. Right, but that's that's why it's still complicated. But it's there's a path there that you yeah. can see. And I will say this. I, I with Tua Tungabailoa probably not playing at least this week he's in his third concussion protocol of the season. There's a lot of questions as far as you know his safety and this that and the third. And even when he's been in, the Dolphins have lost four straight now. There's some legit questions that they could lose out. Of course, this would also require the Jets and the Patriots to actually show up for those games and then not 
beat the opponents. Granted, I think that they'd be the other their opponents would be favored in those games. The Seahawks, I think, can take the Jets, and that's a Geno Smith revenge tour game, the ultimate revenge tour game, taking on the team that drafted him and let him go. And then, of course, uh, the Bills beating the Patriots. Kind of, you kind of need the Bills to have something to play for at that point because if yep. they somehow take the one seed and they lock it in, then it could be a problem. But uh, there's, there's the be- the Bengals, the Bills, and the Chiefs duking it out for that one seed. So maybe, maybe that is that is a pertinent chase. But all to the point here, Wes, of all those things that laid it out, again, Miami losing out, Seahawks beating the Jets, Bills beating the Patriots, and uh, the Steelers winning out. Is that what is the game or the games that you think are the biggest mm-hmm. worry parts, things to worry about if you're a Steelers fan? So I think you did a, a pretty good job, right? Right. Here's here's where I feel confident. Here's where I'm worried, and I think you did a yeah. pretty good job of laying this out. Miami has to lose to the Jets and the Patriots. Two is in concussion protocol again. Yeah, that's, that's a realistic chance that that could happen. The Dolphins just aren't playing good football right now. As you mentioned, the Seahawks got to beat the Jets this weekend. Okay, Geno Smith revenge game. Seattle still got something to play for. The Jets are in a little bit of flux right now. They've got some quarterback carousel stuff going on as well. Very doable. And then the Patriots losing to the Bills in Week 18. As you just mentioned there, I do think Buffalo is going to have something to play for. They're going to still be. They're going to need to win to secure that first round buy that they're going to want. I feel really good about all of that. Uh, revenge game for Geno. The Bills sticking it to the Patriots and making sure they get the first round seed. Miami with the potential to lose, you know, two division games here to close out the season. Chris, you want to know where I don't feel good about this? Is it the actual Steelers games? It's the actual Steelers games. (laughs) (laughs) I just, and I know you want to talk about this a little bit later in this episode, so I won't go too far into this right now. But the Steelers are five and two since the bye week, and that's yeah. that's that's fantastic. I think you and I had talked about this earlier in the season when everyone was panicking, when everyone you know the house was burning down and fire everybody and tank and hit the reset button. Um, I think you and I were both saying, "Hey, you had to expect this a little bit. The offense is going to get better. Kenny's going to get more comfortable. Right. You're going to get T.J. Watt back and hopefully healthier on defense, and you got an easier schedule down the stretch. They're going to win some games, and they've done that five out of seven since the bye week." But Chris, the Steelers right now are playing on such a razor-thin margin of yeah. victory and defeat. They don't have four or five different ways they can beat you. There, they is, have, there is one path. There is one path. There is one formula. They got to be able to run the football. They got to take care of the football. They got to stop the run. And they have to win the turnover margin by two or three. I yeah. mean, that's, that's what it feels like to win games right now. Can they do that against Baltimore and Cleveland? Certainly, but I think it's a lot more difficult to do that against Baltimore and Cleveland than it is the Raiders and the Saints and the Falcons Mm -hmm. and some just not-so-good teams. That's what gives me the most concern. It's not Miami doing this or the Jets or the Bills doing that. It's can the Steelers play buttoned up? Can they win on those razor-tight margins these next two weeks that to me is is the bigger question mark, honestly, because I certainly think they can split these last two games, but can they get both, especially now that they have to go into a hostile environment in Baltimore this upcoming weekend for a primetime game and not just a one o'clock Sunday game where everyone is still nursing their hangover from New Year's Eve the night before? No, I feel you there because that's the crazy thing. I feel confident that actually the Dolphins could lose out and that those other two losses that they need from the Jets and the Patriots could happen, but... And honestly, I—I I mean, I, we, it's still two weeks away, but 
I feel kind of good about them playing the Browns this time around. You'll yeah. have them in Pittsburgh. Deshaun Watson hasn't looked good. They haven't clicked. They have nothing to play for. Miles Garrett got benched to yep. start the last game. <laughs> yep. There's something going on with the Browns right now that's that's like, uh, are y'all okay over there? The Browns because, is the Browns. Uh, Chris, are you telling me the Browns is the Browns? It sounds like the Browns is the Browns because uh, they've, this was supposed to be the, their year, by the way, they were going to win just enough. And then as soon as Deshaun Watson came back, everything was going to be great. And they yep. were going to be in the playoffs they and dominating again. And, and they were going to be the hot team. And yeah, it never happens that way with that franchise, but I digress for the third, I, just with, for the third, for the third straight year, the Browns are a year away from being a year away. Exactly. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just wild to think it, but all that to say, I, I think that the, this week, this week might actually be the biggest rock in the yeah. way of the Steelers getting to the playoffs. And we all know, listen, this team isn't built to go to the Super Bowl. Is it, this, this isn't about like, oh, if they get in the dance, they got a chance. I think it would be a, such a monumental push for the development of a lot of these young yeah. guys because you're seeing guys that went through it last year, Pat Frymuth and Najee Harris, stepping up late in games like mm-hmm. they did this past week. If Kenny Pickett can learn with them, and you saw George Pickens, he was learning. He was he scored the game when he touched down with Kenny Pickett. If that group continues to win games like this and learn, hey, this is what it takes in the moment. This is bringing to fruition the things that you and I were saying were going to be very important if the Steelers could play important football in December to grow with this team. This team is never going to win Super Bowls, but you wanted this team to compete, to learn to compete, and not fall apart. They have not fallen apart to this point, and they are still in the playoff hunt, and they still control control their their chances to get them in that conversation. And I think if the dominoes fall uh, the way that you and I see, Mm -hmm. it's going to come down to – Month, or Sunday night football against the Ravens, a team that we also don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to play for. Exactly. Big question mark there. Absolutely. That's a huge one. Um, and we all know the Ravens were able to have success against the Steelers a couple weeks ago without Lamar, but each week is a is a new game. Uh, but you're right, Chris. That, that to me, I know there's been a lot of talk about that this week in Pittsburgh and just amongst Steeler Nation as a whole. You know, are you happy that the team has played their way back into the hunt, into the conversation, or do you wish that they would just have lost and they'd be playing for a top five draft pick right now? I'm glad that they're in this position. I really am. Because I know you and I have had this conversation before, and certain people disagree, and that's fine. That's your right. But I want a culture of we play every single game to win. Yep. I want a culture of we expect in late December and in early January to play important football games, whether it be for a playoff spot, for playoff seating, whatever it may be. You you can't develop a team. You can't develop a culture if you are working and operating to not put yourself in the best place to succeed, if you're telling your rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, hey, Kenny, hey, you know what? Only give 75 80% on, in this game because we want you to develop and look good, but uh, we're not really trying to win. Or you don't even, it's not even that blunt, but it's just you're going to operate to put Kenny in a position to not be successful, right? Like that's, yeah. I think, what we saw from the, from the Miami Dolphins a couple years ago. Everybody remembers what the third and 20 or third and 18 or whatever it was right before halftime 
time, right, when they're running a cover zero blitz and Deontay Johnson just waltzes 50 yards to the end zone for a touchdown. Like, you're you're, you're not going to put your team in position to fail like that. That's not how you build a culture, particularly one that on the offensive side of the football has so many rookies and young guys still on their, their rookie contracts um, and new pieces like Mason Cole and James Daniels who haven't played a ton of playoff games um, or had a lot of postseason success. To me, I want a culture of winning. I want an expectation of every week we are going out there to win. And the Steelers have done that. Like I said, 5-2 and two since the bye week. They've scratched and clawed, and they've given themselves an opportunity to get a game flexed into primetime now because it means something after you just had a game flexed out of primetime a couple, a couple weeks ago. Those are all good things. I want that more than I want the, oh, my goodness, we could have the seventh overall draft pick. Could you imagine what that would be like? <laughs> That's that's all well and good, right? But I think if you if you really want it to true, if you want a tangible, if you want it to tangibly matter, right? Not just from the the cultural things that in the development things that you and I have talked about. Go beat the Ravens on Sunday, because yeah. then then all of a sudden you have really, you know what? Even if it doesn't end up working out for you, you still did everything in your part. You still went six and two, maybe seven and two over these last nine games. By the time it's all said and done. That is something that builds and carries and I think can help you as you get ready for next season. And that's a big part. That, that's why that the Steelers haven't had a losing season since you and I were still in middle school and now we're in our 30s. It's because they have, a culture of going, they have a culture of going for it every single week. And like I said, if you don't agree with that, if you would have liked to have seen the team be 2-5 and five in these that's last fine. seven games, that's fine. You're allowed to feel however you want to feel as a fan. But this is something the Steelers believe in, and I think the majority of the time it's worked out. And like you said, a lot of those guys, those second-year guys that are now really hitting their stride and they know this is crunch time, I think you have an opportunity for Kenny Pickett and George Pickens and a lot of those offensive linemen to kind of pick up on that same type of cultural, um, you know, baptism as, as their first year with the Pittsburgh Steelers down the stretch here. If you just go out and control what you can control and, and win these football games. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about the way that they ha- that those football games have been controlled by the Steelers because I think there's a very important thing that has swayed all their games, almost all their games, and is going to continue being a big factor for how this team is built. And it shows the model that Mike Tomlin was building in this team and how tangible it is for them to achieve victory with this model and how it plays into their future development. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, hey, you might want to be a GM who tanks and gets the top pick and then builds with those <laughs> top picks. If you want to do that, you should go play Ultimate Football GM. It's a really fun game that you can play on your mobile device, on your phone, and go out there and do all the things that you want to do as a GM. Maybe you want the top pick. Maybe you want to trade players to get top picks. You could do all of that, including hiring the coaches and coordinators that you want. You could hire staff such as doctors and sports psychologists. You can build up your uh, scouting facilities to make your make your team search for better players a lot faster. It's such a great and fun tool. I've been able to play it play it a little bit, and I've been having some fun. I just completed. You play twenty five seasons as a GM. I just got done with my twenty fifth season. I got nineteen <laughs> championships in twenty five years. Put me in the Hall of Fame, baby. Think you can beat it? Go get Ultimate Football GM 
right now. Locked On Steelers listeners are getting a 100% free boost to their franchise by using the promo Locked On in the game store. So download the game by going to ultimate-gm.com or go just search the game in game st- in, in app stores and you'll be able to get the game. Again, it's ultimate-gm.com. Then when you download the game, because you can download it for free, you get a free 100% boost on all the stats and stuff that's going to help make your team better by just going to the game store, putting in the code Locked On, and it'll give you your boost. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio. Wes, let's talk more about the Steelers teams. You talked about those razor thin, narrow, you know, the margin of victory that the Steelers have had, and it's margin of victory and defeat. And with the three interceptions that the Steelers had this past week, they became the number one intercepting defense in the NFL this year. They have they have 17 on the, on the year. Uh, that's more than the Patriots. That's more than the Eagles. That's more than the Niners. Uh, and they've done that, you know, in, in a year. If they don't have a lot of fumbles to their name. I think if they had more fumbles, they'd be one of the one of the top turnover defenses in, in the NFL. But still, I think it shows that they're the makings of what this defense could do. It's certainly been there, and this is without you know a top flight number one pure superstar cornerback out there. You do have Mika Fitzpatrick, who is one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in football. Um, but you have a lot of really good role players that have built that defense. But on the flip side, the interceptions have actually been the problem with the offense. The Steelers' offense has thrown fourteen interceptions, and those fourteen interceptions are third most in the NFL. And look at the timing of where some of these interceptions they've thrown and interceptions they've earned have come in their losses. They threw a Mitch Trubisky threw a tough interception to the Patriots that flipped the momentum in that, in that game. They lost that one. Um, You look at the Jets loss, the the interception that Kenny Pickett threw at the end of the game that gave the Jets life there. You look at the Dolphins lost three interceptions, two in the final four minutes that if you, if the Steelers protect the football there, maybe they win that game. You, you look at the Ravens loss just a couple weeks ago, three interceptions. Any one of them doesn't go for an interception. Maybe the Steelers win that game, but on the flip side with the wins, four interceptions, against the Bengals, clearly the biggest factor to them winning there. They didn't get any interceptions against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, but they had two they had two turnovers they forced against the Saints. They had two against the Colts. They had one against the Falcons and again three against the Raiders. This defense finding ways to win those things. It's clear like hey, this was the model the Steelers won cuz what did we yeah. say this team needed to do, Wes? They needed to protect the football. Don't go three and out to tire out your defense. Score when you can. We know that you're not an efficient offense. You're not going to be with a rookie quarterback and a makeshift offensive line and a bunch of young playmakers. But the defense, let them go out, let them go make plays, stuff the run, and force you to throw. And enough times, we have the playmakers that we believe we're going to do that. And I think that's the, the Steelers' model that they went into the year with. And it played out this way where it came down to their execution. I, I think it says something that th- this is a foundation and something to build upon. I've been talking about foundations they've been building on, like their ability to run the ball better in the second half of the season. But again, these are the things that you need to put in when you're rebuilding other than just getting high draft picks. Right. No, absolutely. You're right. I mean, it's these conversations go back to May, right? At, at, at yep. mini camp and OTAs. 
What do the Steelers need to do to have success this season? They need to take care of the football on offense. They need to take it away on defense. They need to run the ball consistently on offense. They need to stop the run consistently on defense. I mean, those were the pillars of this Steeler team with the highest paid defense in football, right? $108 million, that figure that everybody likes to bring up anytime the Steelers' defense dare gives up a touchdown. $108 million defense. This is what they paid for <laughs> every stinking time they give up a touchdown. Like, they shouldn't give up any any scores the right. entire year. Um, and, and then you you needed your run defense, which was dead last in the NFL, 32nd out of 32 teams, to be at least league average. And you needed your run game, which had really struggled for a couple years, to be at least league average. Chris, I don't think it's a coincidence that this formula has played out in week one. It played out since uh, since the bye week much more. And, and that's where the Steelers have had success. It's also, too, let's not kid ourselves – a big part of the reason why this formula has worked much more successfully over the last two months is because T.J. Watt and Najee Harris are as healthy as they've been now uh, as opposed to earlier on in the season. Even with T.J. not being the same defensive player of the year wrecking force, he's yeah. still opposing offenses still have to account for him out there. It's still yeah. massive to have him out there. Najee Harris, I think we all know, he just has been down the stretch here, particularly since the post-bye week, whether it was his foot, whether it was his knee, whatever it was, he's been a different guy. He has looked healthier. He has looked fresher. He has looked more expos- uh, explosive. And so, Chris, the formula has worked. It got thrown off big time because Najee Harris gets banged up right before the season starts. T.J. Watt uh, injures his peck in your very first game. So kind of your catalyst to play the way you wanted to on offense wasn't 100%, and your catalyst to play the way you wanted to on defense ended up missing a handful of games. But now that you've been able to get those guys back in the fold, the formula has worked. It just, again, it was maybe getting back to our our conversation with with the Ravens this weekend. It was a formula built on razor-thin margins. You needed Najee to be healthy and to be able to run the football. You needed TJ and that defense to stay healthy and to be one of the top two or three units in the league. When that plays out, as we've seen, the Steelers, I mean, they, they can play with anybody. Even in the games that they've lost, they can, they can play with anybody. Um, but it's very clear. You're right. That is the formula. And I think now, these last two weeks, can you continue to show that while maybe building a little bit more on offense as well, too, I think that's where you know we could we could get excited about going into next season, regardless of how these these last two weeks play out. Keep running the football, keep stopping the run, keep forcing those splash plays, and then let's mm-hmm. maybe hit a couple more of those big plays on offense as well too. Um, that that's always been the formula for this team, but they've really been able to execute it over the last seven weeks. If, if you look at the last several games for for Najee Harris. He's getting over 85 yards. I think he's gotten over 85 yards all purpose in either five straight games or five of the last six. But like, like even this past week, 53 yards in the ground, but also 42 yards in, in the right. air. I think the, the one week he didn't was the Ravens game when the Steelers were turning the ball over. But they, when they beat the Panthers, 86 yards on, on the ground. When they beat the Falcons, 86 yards in the ground, six yards through the air um you know the Colts game was another one he didn't get a lot of st- stats in but you know he kept them alive against the Bengals over 100 yards there he had 99 yards against the Saints those type of performances you're right build towards what the why the Steelers drafted him because they knew he was going to do it he's also the only other Steeler in franchise history to start his his career uh with over a thousand yards right. all, all purpose and the only one other one is 
Le'Veon Bell. We know what he went on, went on to do for the Pretty Steelers before. Uh, you know, it's a good company to keep. And again, I think it's what the Steelers have been building towards and trying to say, uh, you know, your point with TJ Watt, even though TJ Watt hasn't been the defensive player of the year, first team, all pro guy. They're five and two when he plays. You got to account for him. Yeah. Or six and two, excuse <laughs> six me. Six and, and two, two if you count the Bengals game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, they're, they're, they're six and two when he plays. They have to account for him. He's on the field. He's having an impact. This is a roster that has a lot of holes in it. It does have weaknesses. But the Steelers have had a game plan to start this year. There's a lot of questions about that game plan because yeah. they didn't have their best player. They started off losing, and they were they had they had a, they had a rough time for a while. But once things got healthy, once guys got settled away, once guys started to understand how to play together, there is there there was a workable model model to get there. And I think that you know they're this team's not going to be the same next year. They're they're going to there's going to be some major investments in free agency and and in the NFL draft, whether it's the offensive line, the defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, maybe another receiver out there. I, I can see you know different additions made across the board. But to me, the bottom line is that. There's a concept, there's an identity that the players who stick around, who you know are sticking around, pick Pickett, Pickens, Harris, Fryermuth, Minka, TJ, Cam, uh, you know, all, you know, all the guys, Alex Highsmith, all these guys that you know, they're part of your core right We're now. We're taking and, them with us into the next chapter, yeah. And the guys that join them, guys, that join in from the outside, there's no question. Like James Daniels came here. They had to figure out what the offensive line was. There won't be a question. For the rookie that they draft in the in the in the, in the early rounds next year for the for the offensive line, what what's your identity? No, 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 fall in line because this is the identity, and we're getting better at this identity. If they draft a defensive lineman, same thing. You know, look over at Cam Hayward. What's he doing over there? That's what you should be doing. And and this is the this is the expectations here. So I do think that is a big part, and that's a that's a good thing. That, that we've seen Absolutely. here. And if the Steelers, if their quarterback position, and this is why Mike Tomlin, you know, was instructing his quarterbacks, don't turn the ball over and we got a chance to win. If they can do that and continue to advance while protecting the football, I think this Steelers team can be something, something to reckon with in the coming years. You're right. And that's, I mean, that's the best part of that is we, I mean, we've been asking all season, what's the identity of this offense? Well, we've, you know, we've found out here in the last six or seven weeks the best part of that, Chris, is not just that it's led to a 5-2 and two record and some real growth and improvement, but it's it, it makes it easier for you to sit there. And when I say you, I mean if you're decision makers for the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, on down the line. You can say, all right, here is how we're going to mold this offense going forward. It's worked for us in these last seven games. It's going to be the mantra going forward next season, but we're going to add to it, right? We're going to build upon it. Mm-hmm. You you know now, okay, this is how we're going to operate. Who fits that mold? Who are we taking with us? You know, because at times earlier in the season, it felt like you were just kind of shooting from the hip, right? And and hoping, hoping that you hit a bullseye where, okay, this guy might work out. That guy might work out. We've got a, a lot of different young players here. Let's see what happens. Right now, you, you know how you're going to operate on offense. You want to be able to run the football. You want to be able to take care of the football. You want to be able to play off play action a little bit more, hit some more of those shots downfield. Uh, and hopefully, I think we can all agree, attack the middle of the field a little bit more yeah, as, as, as this offense grows and evolves as well, too. But you know what you're looking for now. I don't think it's a – it's not a big question mark of, okay, where can we cut our teeth? What do we do well? 
you've figured those things out. Now you've got some opportunity and some time here still to figure out who's coming with you to the next chapter, to the next era. And that's that's crazy valuable down the stretch here too. And that's another one of those things that if you just went into the tank and you're playing for nothing now, maybe you don't know as much about the roster and the guys that you do have and who you want to take with you and who you're saying, uh, you know what? We've done it without much from this guy. I think we can afford to move on this offseason. Absolutely. We go, I want to talk about something else with the Steelers that has to show up in this game. We did some overall talk there, but I want to focus on this upcoming week with the Ravens because, like I said, I think this is the biggest rock between them and getting to the playoffs. We'll talk about the biggest matchup and if the Steelers are ready for it in just a minute here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But first, we're going to talk to you guys about our friends at Audible because this episode is brought to you by Audible, which has released a new slate of football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of their new podcast, The League, on the Lockdown NFL channel right now. The League is narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman, along with sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks. The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. You, you don't want to miss the these untold stories spanning back through the, from the 1940s through the present. Our bonus episode is called Way of the Cowboy, where the 1977 Dallas Cowboys brought in Bruce Lee's protege to teach self-defense in martial arts and ushered in a new approach to training head over to locked on nfl for a bonus episode of the league or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts available now audible get in the game back here on the lockdown steelers podcast i'm chris carter he's wes euler wes let's talk about the steelers run defense because there was uh, this this was a dominant performance against the league's top rusher in Josh Jacobs. They held they held him to f- 44 yards on 15 carries, less than three yards per carry. His lowest his lowest average all all season long. In that game, they also they held the held the Raiders to what was it 20 29 rushing? No, no. Uh, hold on a sec. I, I just lost that. 58 rushing yards. That was the lowest that they had allowed. It was 21 rushing yards they allowed to the mm-hmm. Panthers. That's the lowest that the Panthers have had. All, all see all season. So for two straight weeks, you stopped yeah. two teams that love to run the football. And that came off of the heels of the 215 yards they allowed to the Ravens, which was the most they, they had all year. After that game, it was Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, Miles Jack, whoever you talked to. They said they didn't out scheme us. They didn't out. They didn't trick us. We just got beat. We need to be better. And I think that is where the Steelers knew knew this is on us. And since then, We've seen the positive response, but the question is, can that carry over this week? Because it's great that you beat the Panthers and the the Raiders, but the Ravens are a playoff team. They've they've clinched the playoffs, even without Lamar Jackson. They're a talented division rival. Can you do that against these guys when just three weeks ago they they gave you the business? That's what I'm looking forward to, CC. You know, maybe I should have mentioned this earlier, too, when we were talking about that identity that the Steelers have carved out on offense since the bye week over these last seven games. You know what another part of that has been, too? Physicality. Physicality, absolutely. I mean, in the five games that the Steelers have won, at the end of the game, they're the team running the football. They're the team stopping the run. They're the team kind of asserting their will on the opposition. Even this past week against the Raiders where the Steelers were trailing and struggling on offense and struggling on offense, 
they still, that last drive, it was like they were ready to go and the Raiders were gassed. Yeah. I mean, that's that, you know, that's that 12 round fight where finally you just have the guy beat up and worn down enough that you're able to land that kill shot. And the Steelers were able to do it with just enough time left on the clock. But the two games that they've lost post bye week, right? Cincinnati and Baltimore, after both of those games, we were all kind of like, and as you mentioned too, the Steelers in the locker room, it was kind of like, hey, you know what? They just they just punched us in the mouth down the stretch when it mattered more, and we weren't able to stop them. There was nothing fancy. There were no surprises in terms of schematics or something like that. They just lined up across from us, and they just kicked our butts. And mm-hmm. the Steelers have been the ones to do that to their opponents as well, too, to Carolina, to Atlanta, to New Orleans, where they were just able to grind these teams down and wear them down and out-physical them. And like I said, even the Raiders just – land a few more punches and to be able to take a few more punches than their opponents. But can you do it this Sunday night against a team like Baltimore who was built to play that way too, right? In their home stadium in a primetime game where they still have plenty to play for as well as you outlined in the first segment of this episode, right? They're still in the hunt for not the first overall seed or anything like that, but they're still looking for a division title and a home playoff game and all those different things. This is... You know, this is brother versus brother right here, right? It's 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 you mm-hmm. and your brother. You going down in the basement to slug it out, and who's going to mm-hmm. out tough the other one, and who's going to land one more punch? Who's going to be able to take one more punch? There's no secrets. You just have to go and be able and execute. And you didn't a few weeks ago, and maybe that one meant more to Baltimore. You know, they they were playing without Lamar. They hadn't beaten the Steelers in what, like two and a half years until they yeah. came to Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. They just mm-hmm. want they just want you heard guys, you know, you mentioned you heard in the Steelers locker room. They were talking about how they they just beat us up. They just they just out executed us, they out physicaled us. In Baltimore's locker room, they were talking about, hey, you know what? I've been a Baltimore Raven for two or three years now, but I feel like I finally have earned my stripes. Because I beat the Steelers. You know, you're not really a Baltimore Raven until you beat Mm. the Steelers. And that's Mm. something they were talking about, the younger guys in their locker room, too. So they wanted that one. They came here. They punched you in the mouth. Hey, it's the National Football League. It's going to happen from time to time. It it just is. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you're the baddest dude on the block. Eventually in this league, you're going to get punched in the face once and, and 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 have to take some licks. But can you go back in what you know is going to be a rock fight and again, can you can you take one more punch and keep moving? Can you land one more punch and really put your opponent on the back foot? That's what this Sunday is going to be all about. You know the formula. Now can you can you go out and out out execute your opponent? That's the question. Uh, absolutely, that's the question. I think that's a that's a great point. Then I, the one thing I'm a little worried about if I'm the Steelers is you look at the last two teams that you beat. They do love to run the football, but. I think the a big part of what the Panthers did was they won with a war of attrition where they just kept running the football and the Steelers, they had a lead. So it never, they never allowed the Panthers to get there and they were able to stuff them early in, in that game. The Raiders, Josh Jacobs has just been amazing this year. He's just been phenomenal. Their offensive line has been meh, but he has, has done some great things, but the Ravens are different to me because their offensive line has played well. You got Ronnie Stanley at left tackle, Tyler Linderbaum, the, the, the rookie center that we talked about leading up to this past NFL draft. He's looking like the real deal for them. Morgan Moses, Kevin Zeitler, Ben Powell, like this group has been tough. Yeah. And this is not a, this and, and, and heck, Tyler Linderbaum was getting the best of Cam Hayward and Cam Hayward even like he called himself out after the game talking about not specifically that matchup, but where he was messing up. That to me is the key difference here is that the Ravens have a better offensive line than the last two teams that they've played. And it's 
that's why I, I don't think it's a given that the Steelers are just going to carry into here and and dominate this this this, this game because also again their their the Ravens defensive front is tough with Calais Campbell and Travis Jones and JPP and Roquan Smith who's playing out of this world right now for for the Ravens front but still I don't think it's completely out of the range of this team's capabilities to no. turn the tables on them this week. Absolutely not, and that's it's again that's why it's it, it's like it's like going to fight in the basement with your brother, like. You're both built for this, you know? I mean, the the type of game that the Steelers want to play against Baltimore on Sunday, guess what? That's the same type of game the Ravens want to play as well, too. I mean, they're they're built for this. They they want to beat you up in the trenches, and they've got a plethora of nice running backs that they can use. Uh, I mean, they want to run the football. They want to take care of, of it on offense. They want to get after you on defense and, and force some splash plays in that regard. Um I mean, they – Baltimore is – I mean, you're right. Particularly across their offensive line and their defensive front, I mean, they, they're built to run the football and control the clock, and they're built to, to take away your run game and make you kind of play one-handed on offense, right? That's, that's what they've done so well. That's why there's been so many classic matchups over the last 15 years between these two franchises because they've got similar identities, they've got similar philosophies, they've had the same head coach forever, and they know each other very well. Baltimore is the type of game that the Steelers want to play on Sunday night. That's the same type of game the Ravens want to play. And that's why it's it's one of those man-in-the-mirror type matchups. Can, can you go out and you know what's coming? Um, can you execute? Can you, in a lot of instances, kind of put your, fa- uh, put your face in the fan, right? Put your face in the fire and, mm-hmm. and, and, and know that you're going to have to take some lumps um, but hope that, again, you're able to just land one more punch. That's what this is all about on Sunday night and – and I'm getting getting fired up here. The more we talk about it, I, I am. I'm fired up myself. And if you're fired up, don't worry. We got a lot more things coming your way this week on Locked On Steelers. Crossover Thursday is tomorrow. We'll have Ke- Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens going back and forth about what's different about these teams. Just three weeks after their last their, their last showdown, we'll talk about all that there. Wes, thanks so much for joining us. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yes, sir. Uh, Steelers Nation Radio, Steelers Blitz at noon every day with former Steelers linebacker Arthur Motes. You can catch us, iHeart, Steelers.com, mobile app, Steelers mobile app, all that. You can also just get us in podcast form, Steelers Blitz, wherever you get your podcasts. And then, uh, yes, WVU for all my tortured, fellow tortured Mountaineer souls. (laughs) Uh, Ears and Beers and In the Gun, those are the name of the uh, the two WVU uh, podcasts that I host, co-host, am a part of. I, I absolutely do check Wes out he does an amazing job on all the shows he's part of Wes Euler everyone thanks for joining us Wes I'm Chris Carter host of the Locked On Steelers podcast you can find me on app you can find me at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette where I where I write about Pitt athletics there and I'm breaking things down on the Pitt Panthers the football basketball volleyball other one everything else Tony the Tiger uh, Sun Bowl baby yeah, absolutely it's going to be in thir- the 30th Noah Howes will be there but I'll be covering Pitt UNC at the Pete uh, this Friday so that, that'll, that'll be a fun one but also I you can check me out here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, where I host Monday through Friday, breaking things down. If you want to support the show, like this video, subscribe to this YouTube channel, or if you want to support it otherwise, go on Apple Podcasts, rate us five star with a positive comment. You do both at the same time. You get a shout out at the end of the show. Like this person, we got Steeler Brent, who says, 
Five stars. This is the best Steelers podcast. Love listening to Chris and his guests, keeping us informed of all things Steelers. Enjoy listening to game breakdowns, post-game reviews, press conference recaps, and a glimpse behind the steel curtain on Team Info. Thank you so much, Steeler Brent, for your five-star review. If you want your shout-out, hit us with a five-star review with your positive comment, and we'll shout you out at the end of the show. Again, crossover Thursday tomorrow, Locked On Steelers, Locked On Ravens. It's going to be a fun one. We'll see you then right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 